Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Academy Award-winning feature documentary, The Last Days, was filmed in five countries, chronicles the lives of five Hungarian Holocaust survivors, the winner of the 1998 Academy Award for Best Feature Documentary. It traces the compelling experience of these five Hungarian Jews as they survived the brutal war that Hitler instigated against the Jews into the final days, to the very end, this, this horror continued. Um, it includes some newly discovered historical footage and rare interviews with a former Nazi doctor at Auschwitz. There's so much here and so many of the people in the film, the last days uh, are so compelling and their stories are, while they're personal to them, there's also a look into the broader terror and horror that this whole uh, episode, this tragic episode in, in our history is. We're joined today by Academy Award as well as Emmy Award as well as uh, many other award-winning projects, and that would be the director and editor of The Last Days, and that's James Mall. James, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. It's I love hearing your introduction, not because you're talking about me, but <laughs> because you were talking about the film, and I love the way you described it and the way you set it up. Well, thank you. It is be, it's been remastered. And it is now in release for on Blu-ray, and it will. It's also going to be either on Netflix now. Help me out, or it is going to be on Netflix. Soon. It will be on in on Netflix in just a few days. The Blu-ray is already out, and it's exciting. I mean, we made this movie was released in 1998, and you know we'd have Blu-ray. It did it did get released on DVD, but it was an early transfer, and so it just didn't didn't look great. You know, the story is still just as powerful. The story is it still resonate no matter what format you watch it on. But it is nice to know that we, because we shot the film on 35 millimeter, it's beautiful to look at as well as being a powerful story. It's nice to have it remastered so that, so we can appreciate it that way. And it is a powerful film. Oh, let's go back to the days when, when you started this project, what inspired you? What were, who were the people that were involved in this in the inspiration for the creation of the last days going back to 19, the 1990s, actually. In the 1990s. That's right. I, I was fortunate enough to be a part of this point in history. I was working for Steven Spielberg doing videos, not such uh, powerful things as, as documentaries about Holocaust survivors, but more behind the scenes of movies and things like that. And he was just finishing up Schindler's List and he had this idea that he wanted to do something for the Holocaust survivors because so many survivors would talk to him and say, when are you going to tell my story? And I've got another big story to tell here. That, And he realized that these are important stories to capture for so many reasons. I worked together with June Beeler, a fellow filmmaker who I've worked with in the past, and we worked with Stephen to create the Shoah Foundation which is a large nonprofit organization funded by many people, not just by Steven Spielberg, to videotape interviews with Holocaust survivors all around the world in all different languages. To date now, there's it's four different languages. And there's 56,000 testimonies. So it really grew it to, to be a big organization. But back then in the 90s, we had just started. We had collected, uh, I don't know how many thousands of interviews at that point, but we had an idea that we wanted to make a film based on some of these interviews. And that's really how the last days came to be. In terms of the people we see in the film, 
was there something uh, about their stories that w- was would either spotlight a greater story or was it what was it about these particular people that you focused on in the film? Yeah, one of the donors of the Shoah Foundation was Ken Lipper, and he brought us this idea and started us thinking about how at the end of the war the Germans focused so much of their uh, resources and energy on their war against the Jews as opposed to increasing the, the larger war. And they, those two things were at odds with each other. And he sort of brought this concept to us, pointing out what took place in Hungary, which really had made it through most of the Holocaust, most of the war, uh, relatively unscathed when it came to the Jews of Hungary until the very, very end. And then it was this mad rush to go through the entire process of what so much the rest of European jewelry had gone through, which is, you know, ghettoization and you know, separation and, and, and then being put in camps, et cetera, all the way to extermination camps. In Hungary, that all happened. It was a very accelerated process. And he brought this to mind and we thought this would be a very interesting idea to focus on. So what we did is we looked at the testimonies that had already been done for the Shoah Foundation of Hungarian Jews and found the five survivors that we focus on in the film. That part, again, there's so much of the history of the Holocaust that that I don't know, and this is certainly one that I was not familiar at all with, with was the, the plight of the Hungarian Jews. And in some ways, it's hard to single out one particular country and what happened to them in terms of the Holocaust. But mm-hmm. the point is made in the film, and that is that literally the obsession that Hitler and the Nazis had to kill Jews actually may have cost them the war. They were so determined to kill as many people as they could that they diverted resources that could have been used in the war effort. And when I heard that, it's it's jarring and it's and it's upsetting and it's it's there's so many things just in that little nugget of information that is frightening. It is. Yeah, I had the same thought. And that and that really was the spark that started us on this journey of making this film. Ultimately, as you know, you've seen the film, it goes far beyond that. That's the premise, that's sort of the entry point, but you know, it, it delves more into the individual and very personal stories of the five people that are featured. And it's interesting that you know we see how their lives intersect. They were all in Hungary at the time, but they had different experiences. One was in a big city in Budapest, another was in a small village. You know, we were men versus women, you know, they all had different types of experiences, but they all ultimately are telling one big story, which is what happened to the Jews of Hungary at this point in time. Yeah, there, there's so much here. I, I'm going to just want to remind our listeners, and I, because I really want people to uh, to make every effort to see this, however you do, The Last Days. It is available on Netflix starting on May 19th, and it's, as we were talking about, it's it's been remastered for release on, as a Blu-ray. It's told in such a way that it's micro-macro, which for me is a, the formula for success in documentaries. You tell a smaller story that illuminates a bigger story. And that happens throughout this, not only with the people that we focus on who were the victims, who were in the concentration camps, who, whose story, who lived to tell the tale, but the other people, the, the doctor who was a doctor at Auschwitz, which, I mean, it's the people you have in the film all tell a different part of this story which is so important, but it illuminates this larger story, which I'm not sure the world quite understands today. And I think this is the value of the last days. One of them is, or let me ask you, do you think we, we at this point, we're now 80 years later, 75 years later, do you, 
what do you think the world thinks when they think about what happened in the in the Holocaust? And that's a big question. I know. It's a I mean, huge let me, let question. Me, let's take the United States, uh, just as an exa- just just to focus more, uh, you know, on our culture, when you, in your travels, when you when there's talk of the Holocaust and what happened in World War II, is there a reaction or a, or a set of reactions oh, yeah. that you get? Okay. I mean, some of the reactions I got when I first made the film were people asking, "Do we really need another Holocaust movie?" And I think that's pretty common. I think people feel you know, let's put that one to bed. We know everything we need to know about the Holocaust. Meanwhile, people don't think about the fact that a lot of young people today don't know the name Auschwitz or what it represents. We have people of all ages visiting Auschwitz and taking smiling selfies and here I'm somewhere famous, but not really understanding the gravity of what took place there. So I think there's always a place for some uh, education and understanding about what took place during the Holocaust or in history in general, in World War II in general. And these are stories we need to to preserve and tell in different art forms, whatever they might be, whether you're a painting or whether it's music or whether it's film, I think it's really important to keep keep these memories alive. And I'm hoping that, you know, The Last Days to me feels like a very accessible movie to anyone, even not someone who's just interested in hardcore history or someone, it's, 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 um, it just becomes a very human experience. And you, you get to know these individuals as if they're your own family. And uh, it, it, it comes, it gives you an understanding of what took place, you know, through those individual stories. I like what you said about the macro and the micro. I never really thought of it that way, but it's true. We do get, we, we have five individual arcs, story arcs going on here in this film. And yet when you, when you see how they intertwine, they're all creating one large, much larger story arc. that's part of a much bigger story, which is the Holocaust and World War II. So I like that. The thing that's always struck me as being, a, I'm a little bit older. I, I was born in the '50s, so I, the, the, it was more immediate. The sort of what had happened in World War II, and what I th- always think about is 20 years before the start of World War II. I mean, the, the Germany was going through the the reaction to World War One, but this was at one point one of the most sophisticated cultures, societies in the world. This is a society that produced Freud and Einstein and Beethoven. These were this was a culture well developed, uh, sophisticated, learned, and in a matter of a couple of years, turned into a mechanized killing operation. And I, it's, it's. I just think it's something that we should always consider when we think about the world we're in now, and how things can go pretty quickly in a very different direction. Well, that's what I was just about to ask you. If you don't mind me asking you the question, it's like could 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 that happen again today? We're I mean, the frightening thought is we're becoming more and more adept at killing a lot of people. We are. I mean, whether it's against an enemy or whether it's self-defense or whatever it might be, the means are certainly there today. It's the political will and a complete breakdown of any sort of civil society. Do I think that's possible in the United States? Unfortunately, I I would say yes. I wouldn't have said that maybe 15 years ago, but I do think there's an opportunity for a complete civil breakdown in the United States and other places around the world. You know, there are circumstances. Again, I go back to Germany. It, I, I I think there were they could have gone in very different direction in 1930s. I mean, again, they were dealing with a massive depression. So was the world. It went that way, and I I don't I I don't like to think about it actually. I'm with you. And I feel very similar when I was thinking about it 
also 15, 20 years ago, I don't think I would have said it could happen again. And I, I'm with you today. I'm not thinking, oh, it's going to happen again or right. we're necessarily there, but you can see the makings, you know, the underpinnings of how things happened in the 1930s. And you can, you can see how it, it could possibly happen again. So, it, I mean, you know, I like to be an optimist. Me too. But, uh, you Me also too. want to be a realist. But I, just, feel, uh, I feel like we're in the midst of a, of a movement to throw away the rule book right now. That we're literally, this is our rule book. It's our constitution. This is what we all agreed on. And we're going to play by that rule book. And all of a sudden, we have a significant percentage of the population who does not want to play by that rule book anymore. And that's the thing that what what worries me. Didn't mean to take you into a direction that uh, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, in terms of reactions, another re common reaction I got <clears throat> back when I first made the film was, what are you doing this for? You're not even Jewish. You know, here I am a part of launching the Shoah Foundation and, uh, and making a film about the Holocaust. And uh, that was such a common, such a common question which surprised me. It surprised me then. And uh, I haven't gotten that question on this, on the remastering yet. <laughs> so, but I got it a lot back then. Yeah, I'll say it again. It's a great film for a lot of uh -oh. reasons. Uh, it's hard to believe it's now 22 years, 23 years since its release, which puts you back a little bit on your heels. But it, but it it still it holds up beautifully, and for all the reasons we've been talking about in the course of our conversation, and I do really want people to check this out either by Netflix or by Blu-ray. The film is called The Last Days, and any any thoughts you'd like to leave us with, James? And I appreciate your um, having me and talking about this film because I'm very proud of it. I feel privileged to have been a part of the lives of these five survivors and going back to the places where the Holocaust ha happened for them. It was such a profound experience for them. And I was just honored to be there with them and, and, and sharing that and learning from them. And I'm thrilled that their stories are going to be told to an even wider audience. I mean, Netflix is all over the world, you know, and it's going to be in 33 languages. That's pretty exciting. So definitely. Thank you. Uh, thank you. So if you'd like to find out more about the last days and about the work of James Mall, you can go to the Allentown Productions and you can find out more about your work, about your past work. And this isn't the only time you have dived into the uh, the stories behind uh, the Holocaust. And there are other. No, films. I did a film. Did a film about the the, the daughter of a uh, one of the Nazi perpetrators about Amir Gert, who was the um, Rafe Fiennes character from Schindler's, Schindler's List. Inheritance. That was that film. Inheritance. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. And it's been, a, it's honestly, it's been an honor to have you on. The film again is The Last Days, writer and director, Academy Award winner, James Mall. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.